this is the Citizen of Heaven podcast number 157, podcasting part two. I'm Hal Hammonds, and I am a citizen of heaven, and your embedded correspondent in Satan's world. Thanks for coming back. Turns out if you put four podcasters on the same Zoom call and ask them to talk about podcasting, they have a lot to say. This is the second half of my conversation with Kenny Embry, Edwin Crozier, and Jared Bowman, three of my favorite people in this space. We will discuss what draws us to podcasting, the dangers of social media blending over into podcasting, the price we pay to participate, and the upcoming Balancing the Christian Life lectures. This conversation has brought up what I consider the biggest danger of social media and the podcasting, but it's not, it's not unique to this. I think it just gets heightened here. I've talked to Kenny about this before, and I'm glad that Kenny's my friend because he's the one that always pulls me back from the ledge and says, yes, there's a danger, but this is a tool and it, it, it is being used by somebody. I guess I'll give you a background. Years ago, when I was in Texas, we did a radio program and we did not get the traction from that particular radio program that we had hoped And we decided that it wasn't because we weren't getting guests, because we weren't getting the studies that previous radio programs the congregation had done, had generated. We just decided that the cost was too much. And the week after our radio program ended, I turned on that station at the time our program had been airing to see what was playing. And it was a false teacher. I mean, it's just a straight up false teacher. And there was a part of me that said, well, I mean, I don't know, but maybe it was worth it just to at least have an hour on this station of truth instead of error, even if we didn't get a Bible study out of it. And so Kenny is the one that keeps pulling me back and and helps me remember, look, people are using this. It is a tool. There are dangers. We have to be worried about the dangers and not worried, aware of the dangers so that we avoid the dangers. But my concern, and as I voiced it to Kenny before, I remember the old Marshall McLuhan mantra that the medium is the message. Mm-hmm. And on social media, this actually ties back to even what you said earlier, Hal, about your contempt for social influencers. If you're defining yeah. social influencer as a person who influences and social media is one of the tools, okay, let's be that. But if you're defining social influencer as it really comes out in our culture, in our community, where I am somebody who influences because I'm the one doing it, I'm Taylor Swift and I wear these clothes, so you should wear them too. I'm I'm LeBron James and I wear these shoes, so you should wear them too. That I, I'm I think that is a problem, and that's I, that's I don't want anybody to be influenced because well, Edwin said this. It's on that text talk podcast, which I love, and he's my mm-hmm. favorite preacher. I am of Edwin. You're of Jared. Uh, you're of Hal. Um, I don't want that. And of course, you know, look, that was going on long before social media. Yeah. That was going on in Corinth you know, before radio, before television, before newspapers. It's social media just can bring it out. But the, the medium is the message principle. Is, is one that I think in social media, the big, big struggle is what actually is the medium. And while we might think that the medium is the computer or the internet, I think ultimately in social media, the medium is actually me. 
when I'm not aware of that danger, and sometimes even when I am aware of it, the message ends up becoming me. And then the interaction with the social side of it that says, I'm going to watch and see which topics get the biggest audience. And, oh, I know now what they need. And maybe it is what they need, but maybe it's just what scratches their ears. So there's there's a negative side to some of that sometimes, too. One of the things I do like about text talk is the fact that, look, my next thing is going to be whatever's our next chapter. Yeah. You know, it's not just what's lighting my fire, but it's not necessarily what I think everybody else needs from me as if I'm the one that can fix their needs or solve their problems because I figured out what they needed. I, so I like that. That's not the only way to do it. And there's a way to avoid those dangers, doing podcasts and all kinds. And I don't want to act like my approach is the only one. I know it probably sounded that way, but that's not what I mean at all. I just want us to be aware of these dangers. And that's one of the things that I have learned as well. I had a guy who dropped out of a biblically speaking episode that's upcoming on Revelation this week. And he told me, he said, I just can't do it anymore. He said, I've been on a dozen of these things. He said, some of them are good. Some of them I just, and I haven't experienced this personally, but his perspective that some of them are just kind of ego and audience driven. And that may just be his perspective. But at the same time, it was, I could tell what he was putting out was, you know, this could be a stumbling block for me and not me personally, but for him. When that sense of competition rises, and how uh, you mentioned this, I think there wasn't any competition between people, kind of a rising tide floats all boats. When it does become about competition, and is my, why isn't my audience as big as Howell's, or why is why isn't it as big as Benjamin Lee's, or or why isn't it uh, you know why is it going down in this particular episode? And the worth of what I'm doing rises and falls strictly based on that audience. And I really have missed the point of it all. Because sometimes the things that people may need to hear, they may not come back to for five or six weeks because it's a topic that they it, it hits them in a personal way and they're not ready to hear that yet. But you still want to build that relationship based around, am I taking the things that they think are important and speaking to those things, even if they don't agree with the things I might be saying? Yeah, they may not think about it the same way. And I've had people tell me, hey, I heard you talk about this and I wasn't sure about it until I went and listened to what you were trying to say. And I realized on the second listening that you were saying something I really needed to hear. And I've heard that a couple of times from people. Elaine de Botton wrote a book called The Art of Travel. And in that book, he talks about how people end up traveling. And, and he said the people who are miserable traveling have all the same problem. It's that they keep on bringing themselves to these places. The places themselves might be great. It's just, they keep on <laughs> bringing such a rotten attitude. And, you know, it, it took me about 10 years in, in education to figure out that the evaluations that I get as an instructor sometimes have something to do with me, but often have nothing to do with me. Who's ripping me up one side and down the other is somebody who's really hurt. They see me as basically an authority figure. And basically I'm the proxy for a parent that, that is abusive or something like that. I get that now. It took me a long time to figure that out. Edwin, I think you are absolutely right there's nothing new about what what you just said because we keep on bringing ourselves to all these problems i'm actively trying to grow my audience i just signed up for something called the school of podcasting to be able to to do exactly that i'm trying to grow it but i i understand i mean if you guys have not listened to the, to this web series the rise of of uh the rise, rise of fall marcel of marcel go out and listen to that I think especially Protestant congregations and, you know, not just church of Christ, but Baptists, everybody often end up being cults of personality. Some of the people that I love the most, D Bowman, 
who was who was quite possibly one of the most charismatic preachers I've ever heard, not in the charismatic movement, but but just just so good at what he did. And I, I can't tell you growing up how many times I heard somebody basically quote a D. Bowman line. D. Bowman would definitely point you to, look, what I say is not that nearly as important as what Jesus said. Would you please go back there? And, and, and mm-hmm. that's what it should be. One of the things that I, I think about with, with podcasting, am I promoting me? And that's something that I do worry about. I, I got to tell you, one of the things that I love, my wife doesn't listen to the podcast. And I'm kind of grateful for that. My kids, with the exception of Jake, and Jake has just started listening to the podcast. I'm kind of grateful for that. If they think that that I'm being an idiot about something, they don't have any problem telling me. I'm grateful that other people do not see me as all that special. I really, I mean, I'm trying to drive up my numbers. I am trying to do that. But most of the people I am around all the time don't know me really that way and don't really care. And that has been a, a great grounding experience for me. This isn't false humility. I'm not that important. I really am not that important. The, the other thing that I that I would say to this, Hal, I, anything that I learn, I mean, this goes back to to, to that the the rising tide brings brings up all ships. I'm a fan of you guys. I'm a fan of what you're doing. If there's something that I can help you with, please tell me because I will. I am not only wishing success on you. I want to be an active part of that success if I can be. When I get too big for my britches, I hope you guys yank me down because I don't want to be the idiot. I don't want to be the next Ravi Zacharias. I don't I don't want to be the next Mark Driscoll. That's not who I want to be. I really and I I know this makes me sound really good, but I want to be something a cog in the machine that makes things better. That's really all I want to be. And and when I'm not doing that, you guys have full authority to say, Kenny, stop being an idiot. That's what I need. Does that make sense? Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because that provides <laughs> a pretty good segue into <laughs> what I wanted to make sure we talked about before we closed up here uh, with regard to Kenny growing his brand and, and all of that kind of thing. Uh, how much of a cog Kenny is? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all, all four of us are engaged at one level or another in a project that Kenny is putting on a a virtual lecture program that is a a very new kind of thing. And personally, if it, I don't especially care whether Kenny's using it to grow his brand or not. I I think it's perfectly okay for you to grow your brand. I think with a little bit of, of caution, it's okay for a preacher to grow his brand. It's a very different thing for a preacher to do it versus uh, an independent person, professor, et cetera, doing it from a private enterprise standpoint. But nevertheless, I want Kenny to to talk to us a little bit about about the uh, the lecture program and what it what it is and uh, and our roles in it. Well, sure, I'll be happy to talk about. Look, Hal is quite possibly one of my right hands on on this. Uh, and so if, if if I'm bringing anybody down, I'm bringing you with me now. So That's I mean, right. <laughs> I've grown up going to the Florida college lectures, but we, we weren't able to go every year, but, but I knew that it was a big deal. When I was growing up, I lived in Kentucky 
And so it was kind of a cool thing to be able to go. And one of the things that, that I know about that lectureship, it was about 20% content and it was about 80% relationship. It was, it was to go down there to see the people that you wanted to see and then to hear a message about that. And, and one of the things that I know, and Ann Hoover, who, who's somebody that Edwin knows uh, much better than I do, frankly, but, but she lives up in Oregon. She does make occasional trips to Florida, but she's never going to make a specific trip to come for the Florida College, Florida College lectures. And I just sat there thinking, if COVID taught us anything, it taught us how to use Zoom. It showed us some advantages to these digital platforms. It showed us a lot of disadvantages to these platforms as well. I'm not blind to, to the problems. Kind of like what Edwin was saying, I am not somebody who is so worried about the problems. Uh, I, I think one of the things that, that I worry about is we get so reactionary to the problems that we end up, ended, end up vilifying the tools. A sledgehammer is a beautiful thing when you're trying to deconstruct a kitchen. It's a terrible thing if you're trying to drive in a nail. These are tools that have actually really good uses for them. I think this idea of a, of a digital lectureship that has an important social component to it, and that's uh, Hal is, is is familiar with the tool that I'm using, which is called Hoover. Hoover is a so is, is the social part of of the lectureship and what what's going on around it. That said, let, let me just be very honest about all of this. I want Edwin to sell more books. I want Hal to sell more books. I want their message to get out there. I want them to talk to people. How many people are going to show up to that? I don't know. I've made an investment, but it was money that I had. I absolutely trying to monetize this. No two ways about it. The name of the lectureship is the Balancing of the Christian Life Lectureship. Why? You know, I, I struggle with that. You know, Hal was in some of those early discussions where I said, should I make this balancing the Christian life? Because I, I don't really care what it's called, but it does help drive my brand. I, I'm not going to shy away from that. But that said, honestly, I'm, I'm trying to create something that I would actually like to go to. It has four tracks, four distinctive tracks. We've got one track of what I call digital discipleship. It's really a how to use the tools. Two tracks of what I'm calling practical Christianity. Hal is overseeing one of those, and Nathan Cox, a guy some of us know, uh, who is just a great guy, uh, is overseeing another one. Steve Wolfgang is wanting to do what he calls a, uh, a what we're calling a textual track, which is really kind of along the lines of that of the, the old Florida College lectures, and he's looking at the at the at Colossians, and then my old buddy Mark McCrary is doing something on leadership. I want to see which ones of those actually get the most engagement. Because one of the things that I, I would love to do is if the leadership track ends up being the most important, uh, the most attended track, let's spin that out. Let's see what that looks like. I asked Hal to basically shepherd his own track. I asked Nathan to shepherd his own track. I didn't choose the speakers, but one of the things that I knew, and I, I did not say this exactly like this to Hal, you would be an idiot not to use Edwin on prayer. So please don't be an idiot because Edward has such a good take on prayer. Jared, who has become a close and fast friend very recently, I needed somebody to talk about the dangers of digital discipleship. So Jared is my hitman on social media. A lot of people who I, who I greatly admire, including these three guys that I think can do a really good job. And quite frankly, I could not pick better guys. I could not have picked any better guys.
because it costs something, I have to charge something. And granted, I hope there's a profit. I'll go ahead and tell you, I, I wrote a book that nobody's read. I got my royalties for it. And my wife spent the entire royalties on, on a can of Coke. Yeah, I got my two. It was literally $2. My metric for success on this, did we break even? Did we have a good time? Did anybody learn anything? And did they get to know each other? And that's, that's really what I'm, what I'm going after. So I'm, I'm planning to open up people allowing to, to, to get in starting in April. It's going to be a lower price in April. It's going to be a little bit more expensive in May. It's going to be a little bit more expensive in June. It's going to be a little bit more expensive in July. Why? I want to get my audience early. I want to see if we're actually going to break even or not. And final dates are July. July 28th, 29th, and 30th. It's, 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 it's that Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And I'm trying, I'm basically going Thursday nights for the Eastern time zone because I'm guessing people work. But Saturday is going to be basically all day. And I got to tell you, I've learned so much about a lot of different guys. But one of the guys that I talked to just last week, and I want to put this guy on everybody's radar. I've already told Hal, Scott Beyer. I don't know if you guys know Scott Beyer. He has adopted six children. He's an amazing guy. I think Nathan's going to get him to talk about adoption. I, I don't know much about that. I mean, Jared does. So, I mean, that's the whole ball of wax there, Hal. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Kenny said something really important, and, and that doesn't surprise me. Kenny's always saying something important. I mean, you just listen to the guy, and it's like it's like pulling gold out of a river. It's like, this is awesome. I don't really have to work for it. He talked about, he was very open about the fact that there are costs associated with what we do. I mean, you know, my it, it, there's a monthly cost for me to be on YouTube and podcasts. Not that YouTube costs me anything, but there's investment in hardware. There's investment in software. One of the things that was said to me recently is, you know, you sell merchandise in a biblically speaking store. How do you know, how do you make that fit with the Bible? Well, first of all, this is not a work of the church. This is my own personal work. And I'm not charging people to come to it. Now, an event like Kenny's where you've got hard costs that are way higher than maybe what you can do on your own, you need to do something like that. But if somebody wants to support us in this work, I don't have a problem with allowing them to do that. I mean, I can foot in on my own, but there are people who have reached out to me, how can we support this and how can we do this? And I don't turn away from that because there are costs associated with it. There's time associated with it. Every episode of Biblically Speaking, in fact, the one that I did uh, three weeks ago called The God Code had more cost and more time in it. I think I had about 60 hours in editing that episode and costs for music, costs for video, costs for all of those things, for B-roll footage, trying to take something as complex as DNA and make it simple for people to understand and make it easy for people to digest and walk away from it feeling like, okay, this couldn't happen by time and chance and circumstance. And it's not that any of us are probably expecting to retire or live off of this or use this as a way of becoming millionaires and things like that. But there are costs associated with this. And I look at it this way. If brethren will put, you know, $10 a month at Disney plus, you know, $20 a month into four other sub, you know, streaming services, $19 a month into satellite radio, then I'm not going to put it out there, man up or biblically speaking as a, I'm not going to put a paywall between them and, and that, but if they want to support it, then that's okay. Cause they're supporting me in the work of sharing the gospel. They're supporting 
the time that I put into it. And if nobody does, that's also okay. I'll still do it because I'm passionate about doing it. One of the things that I think is a great blessing of podcasting, I was recently reminded of Hebrews 3.13, where it talks about the fact that we need to exhort one another every day, as long as it's called today. And I think one of the great blessings of the podcasting that brothers and sisters are doing right now is that it is a way for us to find exhortation every day. I can't listen to every podcast out there. It's, I mean, and there, there are a lot of good ones. I know I get, I've, I've seen recommendations and, and I've, I, I just, I, I just can't. I, and, you know, so I don't expect everybody to listen to mine, but I can listen to something every day. And I do, I get to listen to something every day. And sometimes the podcasts are sermons from congregations that they've set up. And sometimes the podcasts are, are you guys, uh, sometimes the podcasts are some others, but I get to be exhorted every day. We're, we're trying to pass on to our congregation that what we're doing for them specifically with our podcast is, as we try to exhort one another every day, which is why we do ours daily, our week daily, I should say, I need to be exhorted every day. I need to seek that out. And so I, this is what I do really appreciate about this tool is that it does provide daily exhortation. And I get it from a lot of different directions with a lot of different personalities, with a lot of different emphases, which really does help grow to maturity because it's not all just one track from one voice. One of the things that I would say is, and this has been brought up three or four times now, all of you guys are good friends of mine. All of you are. Uh, Edwin and I have started a book club because of this where we have read some of the weirdest books and we have read some of the greatest books. Al, I love your podcast. I love what you're doing with it. And, you know, I, I keep on telling you more bears. I, I, <laughs> I just thought that was a fun two episodes. Jared, uh, with the exception of the, of the two episodes where I was on, he's, he's done an excellent job with that podcast. Those were the most epically downloaded episodes. <laughs> I want you to know. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, because my voice was essentially gone at that point. But that said, you guys are doing really good work. The podcast has been fun. It's been enjoyable. But the benefits of it are so tangible. And they were none of the benefits that I anticipated. None of them. I thought I was going to be able to retire in a couple of years. I, I, I'm sorry. That's just not going to happen. But boy, what I've gained has been so much better. And with Edwin podcast, he and Andrew. I don't know Andrew that well, but I, I tell you what, watching them go back and forth, what a good time. One of the things that, that, that I would say is, and I've, I've told Edwin this, I wish they would disagree more. I, I need, I need to see the chinks in the armor here. I need, to see. <laughs> but anyway, no, this has been a blessing. I, I thank you guys for, for who you are and what you do. Good stuff. I love podcasting. I, yeah. I absolutely do. It fills my day with something good, and it allows me to put something good in somebody else's day. One of the reasons I got into this, that maybe is a purely selfish reason, is I see that my my child is very, he's very interested in music, but there just isn't a lot of good modern music out there that you can turn him on to. I mean, there's a few bands that I found that are mostly clean, that you know, if it comes on, he's going to listen to. You know, something by that group or that group. But by and large, I realize as a parent, everybody's having the same struggle. 
you know, what do I put my kids in front of on television? What do I, what do I need to be listening to, you know, besides talk radio, because that, or as opposed to talk radio in my case, because that was one of the big issues I struggled with earlier in my life. It's not going to drag me into this negative headspace. How do I keep hope alive in my life and, and keep people's attention going back to Jesus over and over and over again? And Edwin was talking about that just a few minutes ago. You're going to fill your day with something. You're going to fill your drive time with something. And if it's entertaining and the host is engaging and it is first and foremost good from the Bible things that maybe families need to talk about. And I, I say that and realize I've got some episodes that maybe you don't want to share with your kids initially because they're they're about struggles that are coming up with pornography and things like that, that that men want to talk about on the podcast. But if it's something that's appropriate for the whole family, then it's a blessing. And I just want to be a blessing to somebody. And I want to be a blessing to my son. When he hears the drums, uh, come on. <laughs> he is ready to say, yes, sir, at the end of them, when I have the the chorus of Marines shouting that at the end, because he gets excited. and But he'll sit and listen to three quarters of an episode if I just let him do it. And I'm leaving something for him that I want him in his old age to be able to talk to his grandkids and say, hey, here's something that your great granddad used to do. And it was a Bible show. And this one, he photoshopped some dinosaurs in behind him because it was too icy to go to the, the creation exhibit at Mount St. Helens. And so dinosaurs are talking to him at the beginning. This one's a serious one over here on a podcast he used to do. It allows me to continue to do kingdom work long after I'm gone. If we can put things out there, whether it's a book or a podcast or a YouTube program, and Edwin, I really hope you do start your own personal podcast. I mean, I, I love listening to you and Andrew. It is, you guys are so much fun to listen to. You you make you make the Bible fun, and it should be fun. I mean, not all passages; some of them are are pretty hard hitting, but but you make it come alive in a very real way for people. That I, I always think of text talk as being something. If I if they've done an episode on this passage, and I want to start a Bible study with somebody, and I know they've only got ten or fifteen minutes to to whet their appetite, and but we've had a question about this. Listen to these two guys talk about this, and then let you and I sit down later and talk about it. It's a great tool. It's an awesome tool for evangelism, for personal growth, for edification and encouragement. It's a great tool. Are there bad podcasters out there? Absolutely. Are there bad religious podcasters out there? Absolutely. But that doesn't have to define the whole space. You define the space by what you tune into and what you bring out of it. And I define the space by what I put out there in the world. I want it to be a blessing to someone because it helps them see Jesus in a way that they couldn't see him before, or it helps them find their way back to God. You've been listening to the Citizen of Heaven podcast. Thank you for your support. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe through your favorite podcast platform and or on YouTube. Comments, corrections, and suggestions are always welcome. Please feel free to follow me through Facebook, MeWe, Parlor, or Instagram, or check out my webpage, www.howhammons.com. Until next time, be strong and courageous, fight the good fight of faith, and do all things in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is Hal Hammonds, the Citizen of Heaven, signing off.